your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Welcome back, guys, to another week here where, you know, we're getting closer to the Stanley Cup final. It's pretty crazy that both series are now at three games to one. We're going to touch on that later in the podcast. Um, wasn't many too much Penguins news over the weekend besides the Nick Bukestad trade, but we already talked about that um, on Friday's episode of Locked On Penguins. As I'm sure many more moves are on their way um, for Jim Rutherford. We all know Matt Murray is going to get traded. Not really sure what else. You know, Patrick Hornquist, Jack Johnson, um, hopefully not someone like Brian Rust or anything like that, or Max Domi coming in, but still. A lot more moves coming. Um, one thing I did want to touch on in the first segment is um, an article that came out today from Josh Shealy of The Athletic. Basically, he spoke to Jim Rutherford, and it sounds like Jim Rutherford does want to hire another assistant general manager, if you guys recall. He's, he's lost a lot. He's lost a lot of assistant general managers throughout his tenure here. Tom Fitzgerald, of course, left to go to New Jersey. He's still there. I think he's the um, the full-time GM there, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Jason Bottrell, of course, left. Billy Guerin, of course, left. Billy Guerin is still in Minnesota. Jason Bottrell left to go to Buffalo until he was fired. Um, he brought in Peter Camranos. He's still there, but he also got an interview with the Arizona Coyotes, though I don't really think that Arizona is going to hire him. But still, um, he wants to hire another assistant general manager, and um, basically, the summary of the article was is that it sounds like Jason Bottrell could be brought back here uh, sooner rather than later, and I honestly wouldn't mind it. I think he was a fine assistant general manager. He's not cut out to be a general manager, I don't think, in this league full-time. I know he had a really, really bad situation with the Buffalo Sabres, and the Sabres were just a absolute disaster. They bungled that Ryan O'Reilly trade uh, just really, really badly, but you know, some other moves that, you know, he brought Palmanville back. I mean, the, the Cahoon trade, I thought, was fine for him. Um, Wayne Simmons, though, eh, no. I mean, he was he was always hit or miss, but, you know, he was very, very good with the salary cap with the Penguins. And I think at times he kind of saved Jim Rutherford from doing other stupid shit. And, I mean, it, it could be a coincidence that since he left, you know, Jim Rutherford has been more stupid with his moves. So maybe bringing him back will not have Jim Rutherford do a lot of dumb shit because... Um, he's just, Jim Rutherford, it almost just seems like at times like he doesn't really give a crap about the salary cap and Jason Bottrell, like I just said, was really, really good at managing the salary cap for the Penguins. So, I mean, I could definitely see them bringing back Bottrell in the same assistant general manager. Well, I think he was actually the associate general manager for the Penguins. Um, you know, they already brought back a familiar face in Tar Reardon to be on the coaching staff. Yeah. I'm just, I'm waiting for the announcement at this point that Jason Bottrell is going to come back. I'm pretty sure that Jim Rutherford has already called him. He's maybe made him an offer and, you know, Bottrell could just be mulling in, you know, since he was just freshly fired yeah. out of Buffalo. I mean, he, he thank God he got out of there. He, I mean, he may deserve to get another shot at a GM job for a different team, but Buffalo was just such a shitty situation. I mean, the Pagulas are just terrible owners. Um, they're very cheap. Um, they're just, they, they basically command everything with that team. And um, it sounds like they had like a change of vision or something when, um, they were talking to Bottle during the offseason. So it, it was so funny because they were so hell-bent on keeping him. And then like a month later when they were having discussions about the team, they just decided to, they just decided to fire him because um, they just didn't – their views didn't line up. And I also think the Pigulas were like 
forcing Bottrell to like cut ties with like a lot of staff and all that, which I think they ended up doing anyway. So yeah, Jason, thank God you got out of there. And you know, there could be a reunion in the cards here for the Penguins. And like I said, I would like to move, you know, hopefully it would make Jim Rutherford less stupid. I'm not on that train that people were used to have like, oh, well, you know, you should have made Jason Bottrell the general manager because, I mean, who knows how that would have panned out. He could have made the same dumb mistakes that he made in Buffalo that he made here in Pittsburgh. I mean, obviously, he probably wouldn't have to do a trade like the Ryan O'Reilly trade um, here in Pittsburgh, but still, you know, he could have screwed up a a couple other signings. We we have no idea, so I don't really know why people still like to talk about Jason Bottrell with that, but, you know, I think that's basically all my thoughts on that. You know, I would be very much in favor of it. You know, it's a new, fresh voice in the room, someone that Jim Rutherford has been with before, and, you know, hopefully that could lead to good moves coming from Jim Rutherford. Um, I think, I don't think I talked about this article on Friday on the Friday's episode, but, um, so Jim had a whole big interview with Josh Yoey. This was, Josh posted this, I think right after I posted the episode, and, Basically, you know, with free agency being less than four weeks away, you know, he was basically telling John, she goes, I want, if he, there were some quotes in the story, I'm not going to spoil the whole thing, but he was like, I want to be able to be active on free agency day, but it's going to be difficult to get to that point. So, I mean, I think that should scare most of this fan base. We all know what he's done on free agent day, free agent frenzy day. Good Lord, I cannot speak today. I mean, we've seen, you know, of course, the Jack Johnson signing. I mean, Matt Hunwick, Antini Emmy. Brandon Tano, I know that one has panned out so far, but still in six years, I still feel like is a little bit too long, but the team is going to suck in six years anyway. But I mean, that should, like I said, that should terrify a lot of Penguins fans because I just don't really have any faith in Jim Rutherford at this point to go out into the free agency and actually make smart signings. I mean, he said he wants to open up more cap space to do it. I, we all know the Matt Murray trade is going to happen. Um, he basically said he yeah, he does have to make another trade for the Penguins to be active on October 9th. I think that has to be uh, despite trading memory. So I think it might have to be a couple trades for the Penguins. Um, a couple more quotes from Jim here. Um, we need to get to a point where we are comfortable that we'll be able to be compliant with the cap. We will see what happens between then and now. So again, that makes sense. Um, Josh also reports in the article they do want to go out and get a right-handed defenseman for the third pairing. There's not too many of those options right now in free agency, but you know, one of them that I'll just keep stressing to you guys, I've said this a thousand times, Dylan DeMello, go out and do it. He'll take a short-term deal at maybe around a couple million per season. It makes a lot of sense. Apparently, they also want to get another bottom six forward. So yeah, that one is scary right there just because of the turn they gave Brandon Tanev and the cap hit. But I really don't see them giving out another six-year term to a player, but you know, Jim Rutherford is a wild card so you know he can he just do does whatever he pleases i think at this point you know we're just working we're kind of just starting to see what he did towards his late uh stages of his tenure in carolina where he's just burning through assets like it's no tomorrow so i'm hoping that kind of dies down as the offseason goes on i mean i'll just repeat it again that nick bukestead trade i know the return was pretty dog shit on it but that that just that trade had to happen you know now they have opened up a little bit of cap space i know they retained 50 percent salary so they only opened up a couple million they really only have two restricted free agents to sign in J- tristan jari and jared mccann i mean sam lafferty will be cheap dominic simone they can bring back if they want to i mean he probably won't count too much against the cap maybe just a couple million per season but i mean the, the big decision is going to be on jared mccann um we all know tristan jari is going to get a contract but you know will they keep jared mccann or will they just dump him and go out and get a new third-line center, which I'm really hoping they do not do. Um, the the third-line center market, the, the free agency market for the third-line centers, it's it's pretty bad this year. You know, there was an article, they, I think, that came out in Pittsburgh Hockey Now 
from a certain reporter. I'm sure you guys all know who it is. You know, he just basically said, oh, yeah, a great option would be like Jason Spezza. And it's like Jason Spezza in in what universe, in what economy? The guy's like 40 years old and he really can't skate anymore. I mean, Eric Halla, eh, I mean, he's good defensively, but I want more offense. Um in the third on the third line, I want a more offensively minded third line center. I want someone who, of course, is good defensively, but more so, I would lean towards offense. You know, Nick Benino, I think, was really good defensively, but he provided some good offense. And then Jordan Stahl was just a mammoth defensively and offensively. But you know, you're probably not going to find a Jordan Stahl out there in free agency or on the trade market right now. And then a couple others. I mean, Cody Eakin. I mean, Carl Soderberg. He's getting old. That's a hard pass. I mean. The only one that, I mean, really makes sense that's on the market right now that hasn't played center in a while, but I mean, I've talked about him on the podcast. You know, that's Craig Smith. I know he's played a lot at right wing for his career in Nashville, but I think if you can move him back to center, he would make a lot of sense. He has double digit uh, goals in a lot of his seasons in Nashville, puts up some good points, drives possession very, very well. He's a player I would like for them to go after. Um, that's if they want to move McCann, but I would still roll with McCann at third line center. But, you know, who knows what Jim Rutherford is going to do. But, yeah, the, the, the options that Pittsburgh Hockey Now listed in their article, they were just – they were pretty bleak. And, you know, the, third, the, the center market for the third line centers is just – it's pretty shitty. So, I mean, yeah, just roll with McCann and just do what you can with them and get, get them better competent line mates. I think that's basically it for this segment and just Penguins news and articles that came out over the weekend. I'm sure there's going to be – much more stuff to come this week uh, with Penguins articles and just news, hopefully, as the conference finals are wrapping up. But before we get to our next segment, it is time to talk about Roman. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off and blame ourselves saying things like, I lost my vojo, or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it. With a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The process is very simple. You can go to GetRoman.com and get started right away with it. You can go to GetRoman.com slash NHL today. If you get approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash NHL. GetRoman.com slash NHL. And also, we cannot forget DoorDash. Between never-ending laundry cycles and incoming emails, you got plenty on your to-do list. Give yourself one less thing to worry about and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. You want Chinese, they want pizza, and someone is craving Froyo, there's something for everyone on DoorDash. It's the app that brings you food you're craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is just very easy. You can go open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with a new contactless delivery drop-off setting. They're now contactless to keep communities we operate in safe. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDONNHL. That's $5 off your order and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store Enter code locked on NHL. Don't forget, guys, that's code locked on NHL for five dollars off your first order with DoorDash. All right, welcome back to this episode of Locked On Penguins Podcast. So let's talk about the Western Conference final matchup and the Eastern Conference final matchup. Um, I guess we'll just start with the West. I'm pretty, pretty surprised that Vegas is down three to one in this one. Um, I think they've been the better team. But man, Anton Hudobin is on bath salts right now. And Dmitry Filipovich had a great tweet from the other day. I think it was from Saturday night. I can actually go to his Twitter right now. Just to, just to show you guys just how good um, 
Hudobin is playing. 944 save percentage in this conference final. He leads the league in shots faced, high danger shots faced. And <laughs> I love the next part of his tweet, his hilarious content featured in because he had the uh, the three pictures when he was um, playing, when he was in that against the Flames where he just looks like he's like seeing things that like he's just, he saw an alien or something like that. But other than that, I mean, he's faced 40 plus shots six times, six times. 8.1 goals save above expected via Evolving Wild. He had 17 games in 35 games, and he's never played in the playoffs before this. So, yeah, this is what happens in the playoffs, guys. All you need is a hot goalie. I know the Dallas Stars are known for being damn good defensively. I thought they were really, really good against Vegas in the third period, especially in that final minute. I was watching that final minute of that game four, and Vegas just could not get in Dallas's zone. Dallas was just locking them down defensively, stacking three to four players at the blue line. They just kept clearing the puck and they didn't get the empty net goal. But I mean, Mark Stone couldn't gain the zone. Max Pacioretty couldn't gain the zone. Nate Schmidt couldn't gain the zone. Shea Theodore, who's a consummate candidate right now, couldn't gain the zone. I mean, it was just, there, there was nothing going on for Vegas. And I mean, I know I did say that Vegas has been outplaying them, but the big thing that's drove them in is that they, they can't finish. Um, they're always one of the worst teams in cashing in rebound chances. I think it's been that way, honestly, for like the last couple of years. But, I mean, they're just, they're not finishing their chances. I mean, their expected goals, I mean, it, it, their expected goals percentage is pretty freaking good. But like I said, they just, they're not hitting the net. And I know Anton Kudobin is on bath salts. He's playing out of his mind. But, I mean, v- Vegas only having, I think it's like six goals on 125 shots in four games. That's just unacceptable with the talent that they have. Um, Pacioretty needs to wake up. Mark Stone has really been a sleeping giant this series. He really hasn't done anything. Um, William Carlson needs to wake up. All the, honestly, all their top players need to wake up. Shea Theodore can't do it by himself. And I know Mark Stone has been ab- an absolute menace in, for most of these playoffs. He was outstanding in those first two series. But, I mean, the, the time is now for him to get out of this little funk that he's in and help carry Vegas to a Game 6. I mean, I do think they are going to win to force a game six. I really don't think Dallas can beat Vegas four out of five times, but you know, I've been wrong about a lot of things for this year, but it's just been fun seeing a new team um, having a lot of success deep in the playoffs for change. I mean, the Dallas Stars, they haven't been to a conference final since 2008. I mean, if they win this game, honestly, if they just win one, yeah, win one out of their next three games, they'll be in the Stanley Cup final for the first time in 20 years. I mean, everyone remembers them winning the cup in 1999, but uh, not everyone remembers that they lost uh, the next year in 2000 against, I believe it was the New Jersey Devils. I think in 99, they beat the Buffalo Sabres in the Stanley Cup final. Um, I'm going to have to double check on that. But I mean, I know they lost the next year against New Jersey. So yeah, going back way back to the Mike Madonna days of the Dallas Stars. So yeah, seeing them in the final would be pretty good. I mean, I know they don't play the most exciting brand of hockey. I mean, they're way more of a defensively minded team, but I would rather watch them a hundred times out of a hundred than rather watching the freaking New York Islanders who trap it down even worse. And, you know, I guess we'll just talk about that conference final now. Tampa being up three games to one is not surprising. I did pick Tampa in six games for that series, but I mean, it's just, I mean, Islander fans beating the Capitals is one thing. They were overrated going into this. Beating the Flyers, you know, that's one thing as well. I didn't really think the Flyers were worthy of a number one seed. You know, they played well in the round robin, which was kind of pointless anyway. And then Montreal, of course, gave them a hell of a fight. That series should have won seven games. And then we all know what happened as Carter Hart tried to drive them to the Eastern Conference Final. But, I mean, going up against Tampa Bay is just a whole different beast. I mean, you can just see just how good Tampa Bay is. 
They're deep at every position. I mean, they don't even need Steven Stamkos right now. That's the thing. Hell, you can make the case, guys, that they should trade Steven Stamkos at the end of this season going into the Aussie just because, I mean, they have to pay Sergachev soon. I think they have to pay Sorelli soon. I think... Does Braden Point have a new long-term contract? I'm I'm trying to make sure on Cap Friendly right now. And, okay, yeah, he has two more years left at 6.75 per season. Then, guys, he's going to be an RFA in 22-22-2023. But still, Mitchell Stevens needs a contract. Anthony Sorelli, um, Eric Chernak, Mikhail Sergachev. I mean, they have a couple UFAs. But, I mean, yeah, this is what I think would be the perfect time to trade Stamkos. And it's not because of his play is dipped. It's just that he's so banged up. And they just, they, they're able to offset his loss so good. And, you know, people could say to me, oh, wow, this this sounds like the Crystal Tang situation. And yeah, in a way, it kind of does. But the, there's a big difference with this one, guys. If you trade Chris Letang, you really have no one to replace him with. If you trade Steven Stamkos, you kind of do because you have another superstar in waiting with Nikita Kucherov, who always stays healthy. Braden Point, who's going to be a superstar. You have Andre Palat, who's really, really good. Yanni Gord. Tyler Johnson could get down. I know he has four years left. Alex Kalorn is pretty good. I mean, Blake Coleman only has one year left on his deal at 1.8 per season. He's a UFA in 2021-2022. He's going to get a big raise. Barkley Goudreau. I mean, y'all know Hedman, McDonough. So, I mean, yeah, like they actually have the talent to replace him and people are ready to step in right now. With Chris Letang, I know John Marino is being groomed for that role, but I mean, other than that, they have no one that can actually take Chris Letang's minutes and just, you know, full on eat them and provide the offense that Chris Letang provides to the Penguins. So I just wanted to share my thoughts on that. I know a couple of people were, you know, tweeting at me that it sounded like the Chris Letang situation, but, you know, there there is a really big difference um, if you compare the two. But yeah, guys, right now it's looking like it's going to be a Tampa Bay-Dallas final. I mean, I, I'm still going to say it still. I think this is Tampa Bay's year. They're going to close out the Islanders. I'm not going to say game five. I'm going to stick to Tampa in six, and I would be... Pretty surprised if Vegas comes back in their series. Beating Dallas three times in a row is going to be pretty difficult, especially with how Anton Hudobin is playing right now. But they have a chance to do it tonight. 8 o'clock start. I'm recording this at 5.30 right now. We're getting close to the Steeler game. So, yeah, I'll definitely be checking in on the score of that game. I'm honestly not going to be watching it a lot just because I'm going to be watching the Steelers game. But So I'm going to be looking to see if Dallas can close out Vegas tonight and get to their first Stanley Cup final for the first time in 20 years. All right, guys, welcome back to this episode of Locked on Penguins. And for this last low segment, we'll just talk for about three minutes. Just going to talk about some NHL awards, you know, that are starting to be announced. And we had the GM of the year announced this last weekend. And, you know, I'm just going to do a little rant about that. Um, Lou, Lam- Lou Lamorello won of the New York Islanders. And um, I really don't know <laughs> what the GMs saw in his body of work from this last year. He literally won an award because he hired a good coach. I mean, yeah, the JG Pajot trade was pretty good, but this is also the guy that brought in Leo Komarov. I mean, he even signed Pajot. What was it like a, a five-year term? No, six-year term for $5 million per year before he had played a single second with the Islanders. I mean, that couldn't have turned out pretty shitty if Pajot just played like absolute ass. And I mean, it's just like, the Islanders' success has way more to do with Barry Trotz than Lou Lamoureux. And, I mean, guys, there's probably a there's a non-zero chance, you know, as Baltimore Davies was talking about on his Twitter, you know, great follow for um, anyone on Hockey Twitter, by the way, even though he's a Capitals fan, just great stuff on his Twitter, you know. They could honestly lose one of Barzell or Pollock because 
Andrew Ladd, Cal Clutterbuck, and Leo Komarov have a combined 11.5 million cap hit for next season. And oh yeah, Lou Lamorello signed two of those deals, just so everyone knows. So yeah, the fact that Lou Lamorello won the GM of the Year award was just pretty stupid. I mean, I think Julian Brisbaugh definitely deserved it more over him. I know Tampa is a juggernaut, but still, brought in Blake Coleman. He also brought in Barkley Goudreau. I mean, they're going to sign Coleman to extension, but still, Barkley Goudreau came on a $925,000 cap hit. He's only 27. He's had a really, really good season. Brought in Patrick Maroon. I know he's 32, but he's had a pretty good season. He's going to be a UFA. I mean, there's a lot of players that are just on cheap contracts right now. I mean, Braden Coburn's a UFA, but he's not really that good. Chernak has been awesome since coming up. We all know how good Mikhail Sergachev is. He's just been really, really good since taking over the Lightning, and he was just really, really good this season. I mean, Jim Nail of Dallas getting Joe Pavelski signed has just been really, really big for them. I know he kind of underachieved a bit during the regular season, but, I mean, during the playoffs, he has just been lights out. I know playoff voting, I mean, the playoffs aren't, like, taken into account with voting, but still, Joe Pavelski has been pretty, pretty good, I think, since coming over from the Sharks. So, yeah, I mean, like the, the GM of the Year Award is just pretty stupid i mean you, you really honestly can't judge most of a gm's like moves in just one calendar year i mean like i just really don't know why they need even need to have an award for this just because like say like lou limarillo so he wins it this year and then he comes out and then then flat out stinks next season and somehow loses matthew barzell then that award looks pretty pretty shitty for lou limarillo so yeah i just i really don't understand why he won it i'll just say it again barry trotz Deserves basically all the praise for the Islanders' success and just how the players have just bought into his system. He's just been an outstanding coach um, since going to the Islanders, and he's going to be continue to be an outstanding coach for the Islanders as well. But I just wanted to rant about that award to you guys a bit. I know we're going to have the Calder, I think, coming up. I think the Heart is also coming up as well as a bunch of other awards too. But that'll do it for this episode of Locked On Penguins. Um, here we go, Steelers tonight. You know, you know this, this thing goes when you play Pittsburgh. You play the whole city. Um, please check out Locked On Steelers tomorrow for a you know full recap of the game. They do a great job over there. So you know, here we go, Steelers. Hope you guys watch the game tonight. And, well, if you guys are Steelers fans as well, then listen to this podcast. And I will be back with another episode of Locked On Penguins for you all tomorrow. So I'll talk to you all then.